This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome out to another episode of the PMP Industry Insider Podcast, where we look at what is changing in the, in- in the industry and we take it to the front lines to those that are driving those changes. As always, my name is Donnie Shelton, owner of Triangle Home Services, which has Triangle Pest as well as Triangle Lawn, as well as the CEO of Comarch, which offers digital marketing and sales services for the pest and lawn industries. And with me, as always, is the most intelligent, highlighters of highlights, Mr. Dan Gordon. Dan, <clears throat> please say hello. We are recording this episode in the afternoon just for our listeners, which means that I'm going to have probably more brain farts than usual. Uh, but Dan, if you could introduce yourself, our guest, and our topic, we will get rolling. Yeah, so uh, good afternoon, everyone. Dan Gordon, PCO Bookkeepers and PCO M&A Specialists. And yes, we're at four o'clock. So Donnie's about ready for dinner and uh, bed. I mean, like if you've ever hung out with a senior citizen, they're more fun in the afternoon than Donnie because he is, um, you know, uh, just one of those guys. But uh, today we have a very interesting topic to, um, you know, maybe get uh, Donnie excited about this one. Um, it's a returning guest and it's a good friend of mine who I've been friends with for, I don't know, Pat, how long, 20, 25 years, something like that. 25, yeah, um, probably like that. Yeah, yeah, 25 years. And um, so today we're uh, excited to have Patrick Quigley back. Uh, and uh, obviously just a rundown, he's a veteran pest control industry sales trainer who owns a consulting firm, Sales Training by Design. Patrick got started in the um, industry as a technician in 1979, then got promoted throughout the residential and commercial sales, regional uh, and sales management, and eventually uh, to the director of sales for a distributor before striking out on his own as a consultant. You may have heard him on one of our all-time most popular episodes, episode 50, How to Supercharge Your Sales Effort. Pat, I, I don't know if you knew that that was one of our all time. I don't want to give you a big head here, but uh, I don't it's know already if you started. knew that that was yes. one of our all time, um, uh, you know, uh, um, most listened to uh, episodes. And uh, so anyway, That's awesome. Pat, I didn't, how are you? I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Thank you. I saw I saw some publication of some of your popular ones and I wasn't on there. And I said, man, that's okay. I guess so. it's not that good. <laughs> well, you know, that one, huh? yes, yes. Well, I will tell you this. So the one thing that Dan forgot to mention in all of that, one job, Dan, one job. Our topic is, is selling strong, no matter the market, which is why we brought you in, Patrick. I, uh, I, yes. I will say this. It's, I absolutely enjoy uh, talking with Patrick. I remember the first time I met him, I met him at a United We Stand meeting in Greensboro, North Carolina. I was every bit of three months into my business and uh, he had a ton of energy then and, and it was really fun to listen to. And of course, I got some things out of that. So welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Great to have you on. By the way, just uh, before we do that, so if you ever have the chance to see uh, Patrick speak, he's very dynamic, very entertaining and has a lot of great stuff to share. So uh, we, we enjoy working with them. Wow. So anyway, Pat, maybe we should let you talk. How about it? You guys are doing a good job so far. I got thir- I got 32 minutes left. <laughs> right. And we haven't even yeah. gotten into the topic. Maybe even let them talk. 32 minutes, out, 32 minutes out of 40. So it's there all go. good. Right. Maybe we'll let you go 42. We'll see. Uh, Donnie's a bit of a stickler, you know. When when he starts talking that military time, then, then, then we know that we're in trouble. Yeah. 
So well, let's um, let's anyway. do this. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, let's get into so, it. So, all right. So obviously, Patrick, there's a lot of talk that our economy is changing. The days of easy money are leaving. Some people are equating this to back to 2009. I'm not for sure that I'm quite that uh, pessimistic on the economy, but there's no doubt. There's no doubt that um, that the economy is slowing down. In fact, I read an article today that said that billionaires were not richer this year than they were last year, which hasn't happened since uh, 2009. So, Dan, I'm I'm sorry to hear that you've had a down year, but <clears throat> but with yes, that, yes. so. <laughs> So I guess let's start off with our first question here, Patrick. So, so the economy, you know, in, in by and large major metrics, it is it is declining or in some state of decline. Is there a difference in approach when it comes to selling when when the economy is going down? Because I can tell you, most salespeople that I know, when this happens, the very first thing they want to go to is price, right? And so I just want to hear your thoughts if there's a difference, and if so, what those might be. Well, I I know that I'm not supposed to answer a question with a question, but I'm going to do that anyway. <laughs> so, but here goes. <laughs> our, yeah. are, are times tough, or are salespeople just making excuses? Right. I mean, I, I won't answer that one, but you know, I have a couple other questions here. Are are there competitors in the market that are cheaper? Yep. Are there are, are they cheaper? In good and bad times, yes. Um, and, and I believe there's always been those companies who do a termite shop for $500, any size house, give a five-year warranty anywhere in the United States, and that's happened ever since I started selling in 19 in the early 80s. So, so what's the difference? I, I believe that it's you still have to have a value proposition and being able to be persuasive and convincing. Uh, with your products and services and, and you got to be better than anyone else uh, you know i think the bottom line is you you've got to own your profession and be the best at it and not everyone's going to buy on low price and many times when they do they quite honestly regret it so are our times tougher i think you just got to tighten up and and um, improve your sales skills and even if you get to a house who says listen i'm buying on the lowest price no ifs ands or buts about it that's when you have to turn on the practice button and just say, okay, if that's how you feel, I'm going to do everything fantastic. And maybe at the end, I'll be able to talk to you through why low price isn't the way to go. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into a little bit later about, you know, the, more on the economy and, and processes and what have you. But I just think sometimes it's in our heads that, um, that, you know, these tough times, especially with the products that we sell. You know, one of the things is you were talking and I was thinking about is, you know, really when you come down, when it comes down to selling, there, there's, in my mind, kind of two things that I think a lot of salespeople miss. Number one is that there are micro economies. If the general market's down, that may not necessarily be representative of what's happening in your market. And it absolutely is not happening with every single person that you go and see. And so, you know, having that general blanket statement of what you just said is an excuse. You know, not everyone, even in a tough economy, not everyone's having a downtime. That's that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, is that it gets more difficult to sell value. So when people hear, well, it's harder to sell. It's like, well, you know, sometimes, I mean, you think about folks who who buy via the phone, and you you know, you got, and I'm people can't see my my 
my my hands here, but you know, inside salespeople are basically order takers. They don't have to sell value. And so I guess probably a, a follow-up question to this is that, you know, is it is there a way, I guess, for you know salespeople to see or teach them how, like, okay, well, yeah, the, the economy's tighter. You may run into this more often, but here's how you show value more, right? Because I mean, it's really what selling is. It's just making it so that because at the end of the day, who determines value, right? That comes with uh, social proof and so on and so forth. But go ahead, Dan. Well, they, they, I guess, you know, and, and it kind of leads us into the next question. But, uh, you know, during 2008 and 2009, the next question was, do you see similarities to this economic environment or is it different? But one of the things that I remember in 2008 and 2009, that's kind of when the bed bug, uh, you know, the whole bed bug started proliferating and you had, you know, um, you know, is it a nice luxury to have a quarterly home service or are bed bugs infesting my house and I'm getting bitten up and, you know, my kids and my, my spouse and everything else. So that's kind of like a, you know, I'll take it at any price. Um, do we need some sort of catalyst like that now or not really? Uh, you know, what, what do you see? I can only go on my experience and you know, maybe I'm a fool, but I never really allowed the economy, the economical downturn since I started in the 1980s on selling services and pest management. I mean, we've had we've had a few of them since 1979, 1980. And, you know, even through the pandemic, you know, we 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 stood we stood strong as an industry. We were we're an essential industry and people still have now then people more people needed our services because they were home seeing the bugs that were running around their house. And, you know, there was a lot of companies that really grew their their pest control programs uh, during that time. I, you know, I, you know, there's 311 million people in America and, you know, there's still 22% of the population that don't want bugs in our house. And regardless of, regardless of the economical downturn that I don't think that'll ever change. It might go down to 20%, but at 311 million, that's 66 million people that need pest control on their property. And, you know, how many homeowners, um, that want that curb appeal on their on their lawns. I mean, there's 81% of Americans have lawns, and 79% of them see it as a great future uh, on buying a home or or renting a property. So, I think in both in both markets, pest control and lawn care, it, it it's just you got to be you got to be strong when you get the opportunities. People are spending a lot of money in marketing, and and in previous um, podcasts you've done, you've even said that. Some people are pulling back on their marketing because they can't get people to do the services. So I think you just got to really dig down deep and follow processes and 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 really be persuasive and convincing on why you're the better company. And and that comes with, you know, that comes with training and, and what have you. Um, you know, I don't I don't like doing my lawn, but Debbie makes me. So, uh, you know, we don't have we don't have lawn care, but, you know, it's. <laughs> Well, triangle really services, I was going to say, and where do you live at, Patrick? Because I may, I may have a, uh, I may have a program just right, right for you. No, I um, but, that's, that's yeah, I'm, I'm in South Jersey. Here. I don't think anybody's traveling. <laughs> but here's a question for you. So, uh, um, a lot of sales guys w will say, you know what? Um, I'm going to sell it one time instead of a contract because it, it's tougher, and and at least I can get out the door with a sale. Is that a good strategy? Yeah, I, mean, I know what the answer, answer is, but how do you, you know, what what do you think about that? Because you hear that all the time. That's a great, 
Yeah, that's a great strategy if you want to make zero dollars. Right. So you know, if, if you're if you're if you're a pest management company and you're you're paying uh, you know X percent for recurring revenue and zero percent on single services, I don't even like to use that word. There's two words anyway. Um, maybe maybe you don't pay a commission. I work with a company out west that you know you had to your your single services had to be six hundred dollars or more before you got paid a commission on it. And I think that's a great strategy. If you have salespeople out in the field, if they aren't worth their, if they're not worth their weight to be able to sell recurring revenue, then maybe they, they either don't have the right training, they don't have the right product to be persuasive and convincing, or they're just allowed to sell single services at a high commission. That's an interesting one. I've, I've always, yeah, I've heard, you know, don't pay a commission or pay a lower commission for one time, but you're saying, okay, if you want to sell a one time, it's got to be 600 or more. And that way you can at least cover your marketing costs and other costs on, on it. That, that, that sounds like a pretty neat one is, uh, are you seeing that with others or just this one company? I, 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 I talked to, to some of my clients about that and, you know, there's, you know, look, I love my job because there's more than one way to peel a potato and the way somebody does something in New Jersey is completely different than the way somebody does it in North Carolina, Massachusetts, Chicago, uh, California. Um, I, I, that, that number really tells me that if you're going to sell the chance that your recurring revenue program is less than $600 for a year. So you're going to wrap them into a yearly plan. So I, I, just, I know on the triangle side, go ahead. I, I'm just saying, uh, I think in the coming, in the next year or two, regardless of what happens in the economy, if it continues to go in the direction it is, I think there's going to be a great wave, great wave of opportunity coming to the, to a lot of my clients in small to mid-sized pastoral companies across the country. Well, the other thing to think about here, and, and I think, this is a trend that I'm seeing and, and we've already done it at Triangle. And if my competitors are listening, I absolutely will would say the same is we have really cut back on one-time services that we sell. And the reason is, is because I I have limited labor now. I can't I can't use labor to go out and service I hate to say it, but crap work. And so, you know, we can be a little more choosy about what is sold and yeah, I just wonder if there's other companies out there who are kind of looking at this because labor for me is the limiting factor for growth. It's no longer marketing, right? Marketing is, I don't want to say it's easy because it's not, but it's certainly it, what I have seen from when I started is, you know, back in the day, he who's the greatest marketer grew the, the fastest, which is still for the most part, a pretty good rule. But now, you know, with labor where it's at, I am very much in favor of optimizing that labor, just like I would my marketing, just like I would my sales. And so if if folks are out there selling one time, I mean, it's almost like it's a double whammy. Number one, it's not recurring. Number two, you're using labor that you could be using on recurring services. And so I don't know, just, just a thought. Matt, I think if you could trust a salesperson to say, geez, I did everything that I could and the last word was, okay, I'll sell you one time. But the problem is that they kind of say, well, geez, they, they don't know when to to pull that trigger and say, um, you know, you know, and flip the switch and go to the one time. If, if you know, you definitely don't want to hang up the phone with no sale at all. But man, you want everything, you want to give everything that you can to that uh, recurring. And maybe the idea I don't, is just I don't know if I, okay. time, right? I don't know if I agree go with ahead, you no. there, Dan. Yeah, go ahead. I don't go know ahead. if I agree. I was going to say, I don't. I know I'm Patrick okay doesn't. Go ahead. 
I got to tell you, I got to tell you, I think one times are good money for today, but they do nothing for your business. So that's if, that's if that's what you, if that's what you want to do, that's fine. Whether you're, whether you're chasing that with labor or not, I, I quite honestly, it, it, it only helps you for today. And I've, I've, I work with clients and I, I agree with them hundred percent. I'm not doing it. We're not doing one-time services. First of all, many times, depending upon where you are regionally and where you are demographically and uh, weather-wise, products aren't going to last that long, let's say in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And, and, and many times there's a second service or a third service and you're going back to do three treatments and you've made zero money for, for the day that you got paid for it. And not to mention, it's just a matter of one button pushed on social media and you got a bad rap. So you you can weigh out anything you want to do from a business perspective. But I, I if it was my business, I'd be I would be more apt to not not go with single services. Now, yeah, totally don't get me you. wrong. I just yeah, no, I'm totally with you on that. No, don't don't get me wrong. We're still in the pest control business. And if there's somebody who's got a McMansion and they're selling it and moving to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and it's not in your territory and they got ants running all over the counter and they're showing their house and they want the ants out. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do with no guarantee. Right. I I get that. Right. If somebody's got uh, a child that's uh, allergic to bees and wasps and they just got a wasp nest on the playground in the backyard. Hey, I'm going to help my community out. But as a general rule, that's that's not. That's not in the business plan. So let's we we're we're way down the road here on one times, and I think we all agree that they're evil and should be avoided. Um, they're evil. <laughs> they're evil and should be avoided. Um, but you know, let's let's switch gears here for a minute. So so obviously, you know, with each successive year, there are buyers who get out of the market. There are buyers who come into the market. We are now, you know, I, I mean, I'm a I don't know. I mean, who? I hate putting labels. I'm a Gen Xer. There's millennials now. I think millennials is basically the top of the bell curve when it comes to your buyer now. Um, when I say top of the bell curve, I mean there's just a lot of them. Um, do you, my question to you, Patrick, is have you changed your approach and how you sell, and are you changing like what you're teaching? I mean, is selling pest control now any different than selling pest control? In the 80s, you know, outside of Durzban or, you know, products that we used <laughs> back then. But I'm just curious. And if so, then, you know, what 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 ha- what has changed or is it basically the same thing? Um, this would be like asking Dan if he's done different math from 20 years ago to figure out if somebody's working on their budget or not. I mean, it's pretty much the same. I thing. don't, I, but I know plenty of people who do change. Yeah, I mean, look, you, you went from paper and Excel <laughs> spreadsheets, right? So, so you know, I, I think that, um, I, I think there are some things that change, but in my, in, in the last 43 years, I, I think there's things you can change. Like, um, I mean, one of the questions I think you guys have for me is, is, uh, you know, has the pitch changed, right? And I, I got to tell you, if you're still using the word pitch, you know, fr- from my perspective, pitch is used by people who knock on doors, right? They, they, they knock on doors and they got a pitch, right? And that pitch is the same pitch over and over again. And I, I don't, I think the, I know that the better salespeople do more than just walk in a house and pitch a, a product. They, they make a presentation based on what, what's going on inside the home or what's going on outside the home or what's going on from a business 
perspective. And, you know, just going out and throwing paper up against the wall is, is, is not it. I think that there's a little bit more of a strategy and, you know, figuring out, you know, I, there's a couple of great quotes I use in some of my training. One is, you know, if you see John Brown to John Brown's eyes, you can sell John Brown with John Brown buys. And, you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that to this day is we've got to really find out what the customers, the customers looking for, what their objective is, and then try to match the solution to what their objective is. And, and be, being again, persuasive and convincing on why, why my company's the one should win this opportunity. I mean, it's almost so like, to you know, say, at the end of the day, I was going to say, it, you know, you're, you're still, it's people to people, right? I mean, the, the fundamentals of selling, I don't think will ever change. It's, it's, you know, it's selling your value, making sure people understand what it is that you're doing. It's having a solution. But I also think that there is probably a little bit different. I, 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 I Just real quick. I mean, years ago, we used to have this, we had this little boy on the front of our website playing on trains and you know, we went over and over about how safe our stuff was. And even though I know that's a hot word, you know, I mean, it was all about like, you know, environmentally friendly. It was all about safety and it was all about long story short. It was, I was, cause that was everything that you heard, right? Everyone's concerned about an environment. Everyone's concerned about safety. So we did this survey. I'll never forget this. We did this survey for why people chose us um, to our top 100 customers. Any guesses as to what were the top three? I know I'm putting you guys on the spot, but any guesses? Yeah, I still remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, I mean, you you uh, you know, you you have veteran owned, right, on your website. It's, well, I didn't back then. Remember, this is like ten years ago. Okay. Ten years. I'm not gonna say. I hope it wasn't cheap. I hope it wasn't you were cheap. No, it wasn't. Number one. <laughs> number one was speed. Which was kind of funny, right? Number one was that we could get out there faster than anyone else. Number two was the guarantee, and number three was the price. Guess where safety fell? <laughs> number six. I was like floored, right? Yeah. Like we. So this whole idea of getting back to what you know Patrick's saying, I I don't think, and just like accounting, and unless you're doing something funky with the books, I don't think the basic art of. Hey, wait, Patrick, did you know that Donnie's a tax cheat? Oh boy, here we go. Yes, yes. Oh gosh, yes, yes, one hundred percent. But I mean, you know, getting back to what you're saying, Patrick, is I, I think you're right. I think you know the fundamentals of of people selling. At the end of the day, it's trying to find a solution, and and that does not change regardless of the medium, whether it's texting or email or phone or face to face. Well, but, most people though assume that if you're licensed, that you're using safe methods, and maybe it's a bad assumption, but yeah, it's not a good assumption at all because at when I'm out in the field, when I'm out in the field and I'm with my clients, residential sales reps, it's inevitable that anytime during the day, one or two customers are going to say, hey, um, is this safe? You know, they got they got 10 kids running around. They got one dog and they say, is it safe for my dog? Right. They, you know, they say anything about the kids. They're just worried about the dog. One or so, two out of uh, 10 stops or so. Is that? No, no, no. I would say five stops. So uh, okay. if, if I had five stops with a sales rep or seven stops and three of them were AIs or something like that, then I'm talking about four actual leads. And at least two of them, half of them are going to say, you know, is it? And they're going to use that word. Mm. Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, I think that there's still. I think that just going in and saying, hey, where's your bugs or where's your lawn disease? Uh, let me look at it. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Here's my proposal. And if you want to um, buy, just 
just do the um, the online sign and hit DocuSign, and we'll be all set to go, and you're off to your next stop. I don't think that's a pro. I don't think that's a presentation. Right, right. So you know, bringing this back around to the economy, I'm going to kind of summarize where we're at so far. So, so from what I understand is like, you know, the reality of it is, is selling is selling. If you're a down economy, if you're in an up economy, at the end of the day, fundamentally, the salesperson has to be able to show value. That's that's the key thing that's going to make it work. My next question to you, well, I, and I'm trying to summarize just where we've been at so far. Are there any opportunities that you see coming up as a result of what's going on in the economy? I know for me as an owner, I'm I'm kind of excited because I think it's going to weed out. You know, most of the time when you when you have tough times, the, the weak it tends to kill the weak. But any any opportunities that you see with the economy kind of shifting in terms of selling? Well, with with my clients, I would say the first thing you need to do is shore up the service and the customers you have right now. Because if the economic downturn is going to fall, it's people who say, hey, I've got a cable. I've got my uh, my subscription. I got a window cleaning. I got pest control. And really, pest control, they haven't showed up. It's always a different guy. If I got to cut something out, I'm cutting them out. So you you got to first focus on what do you have that you can hold on to in your business. And then as you focus on, on selling, you know, looking at being the best at, at that kitchen table or on the phone or whatever it might be. So I think the first thing I would say is shore up the, the clients you have in this economical downturn because you could put five on, but if you're losing five off, you're back to square one. That's such a good point. I, and, and something I think a, a lot of people need to understand is the sales process doesn't end on the first sale. Right. It, you're constantly selling, <laughs> always showing value. Right. Um, so so bringing it back around, um, what are some other things like, you know, OK, so selling to your current customers. Let's talk about out in the field. You know, and, and I realize there's a lot of companies that sell different ways. There's companies who sell over the phone only. There are companies that, you know, have a whole army of salespeople and they do only inspections. And you got to get an inspection ahead of time before they'll buy it, before they'll sell service. Um, any broad generic kind of I don't we want to do a Jay Leno or not Jay Leno Johnny Carson whatever but the top ten I don't want to I don't think we have enough the Letterman 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 there we go I was getting there so maybe like a top three better. or four yeah yeah so maybe like a top three or four like recommendations that that you would give a salesperson out in the field or you would give an owner of things that they should be focused on and things they should be training now knowing what you know and kind of where we're going with the economy knowing what i knowing what i know about the industry if i say these top four i guarantee you every sales rep out there is going to say i do all four of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah the question is do they do them well so, we all, we all well, eat that, healthy <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I will tell you that my best success with my clients are when I see what they are and are not doing in the field before I make recommendations on what they should do. Just based on just based on the fact that we, we deal with salespeople and most salespeople have an ego and that's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when you, you make a suggestion on somebody and they're not doing something, they tell you they are doing it. I, I kind of. Yeah, I. I 
when we say presentation, I, I talk presentation from every aspect, like what you said about being being fast, right? A lot of the clients I work with, when they get the phone call, they're trying to book that, that client as soon as possible. That shows efficiency, right? And then when that salesperson is at that house and everything from, if you've got to be there from 8 to 10, your your window is 8 to 10. Being there at 7.50 is better than being there at 8.30. That shows presentation. Being able to articulate and figure out what's going on inside the structure and putting a solution that you would get, a solution on a house that you would do for your grandmother or your mother and then being able to present that in a way that's professional and again, persuasive and convincing on why that person should choose you over somebody else. And if nothing else, if nothing else, if you're the first one in, you then set the stage for the people that are coming in after you. Because I know what a lot of companies do across this country is they get a lead, they run out there, they see the bug, they tell them what they're gonna do, they start selling right away and give a proposal, and then they're on their way to the next stop, or whether it's a selling technician or a salesperson, and they're on the way to the next stop. I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm saying it happens quite often in our business. And you, and Don, you probably know this from a lawn care. The homeowner, the homeowner doesn't expect to be home when you're giving them an estimate for the lawn. They say, "Come look at my lawn and leave me an estimate in the door." Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's absolutely absurd. Right. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'd go to the house, I'd leave a piece of paper, but I'd put something on that piece of paper that warrants a phone call so well, I can have a I conversation. Think, and I think the reality what, of it what, is what, what, what would that thing be? What would, uh, you know, how do you? I'll give you, an, I'll, give you an, I'll give you an example of lawn care. There's, there's uh, damage to the lawn based on uh, too much water or not enough water. And instead of just leaving an estimate saying, hey, let me, let's fix this is what it's going to cost. Let's, let's have a conversation about what's causing the damage or what's causing the runoff, what's, ca- what's causing something. So I had some opportunity to call them back. If I go to a house for, for rodents and they're not home and I see the house needs to be, you know, there's exclusion work needs to be done. I'm not leaving somebody an estimate without talking about that. So it, it, that just it defeats the purpose. So, you know, I, I would love the day where we, as an industry, tell everybody that we give an estimate to that we have to have two people there for us to drive out there and give you an estimate. I want I want a two legger, but that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But um, I, I just I think about that. I was just I, I just think about like you know as an owner, it's actually more efficient. Like because you know if you have someone who's really really pissed off, right? The customers are super pissed off or whatever. The last thing I'm going to do is give them some sort of written communication response. It's really inefficient because of all the misreads that come out of it. You know, if someone's really pissed off, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to go out to the house. I'm going to do something where we're talking because it's just so much faster. And I kind of view the the sales cycle the same way is that, you know, to, to sell to someone, it's so much more efficient to have a conversation than it is to leave. It just it, it leaves too many open loops, and and it creates so much confusion. Which typically, when someone's confused or they don't, I mean, you just miss so many opportunities to show value that it's just almost impossible to sell that way. Um, I don't know many people who do that successfully, but um, no, just just a thought. But um, 
Okay, so let me let me let me uh, switch gears a little bit and and throw you for a loop because it's not on the question, but it, it made me think about um, just recruiting salespeople. Where would you do it? How would you do it? Who are the best to come to our industry? Uh, boy, I'll get I'll get in so much trouble here. Um, That's why I asked. First of all, yeah. First of all, you you can't stop looking, right? You you know what? You know, we Zip Recruiter, Indeed. Whatever it is, um, I, I don't. I don't think you should ever stop looking for salespeople. I, I I say always always fill the bench because you never know. You never know what might happen from one to the next. I mean, we've got people who retire. We got people who say, you know what, this isn't for them, and and they're gone. And you got to fill that position. Um, I'll leave that that question up to to the recruiters on on what is the best vehicle to to find salespeople. But um, you know, I I, I think I. I would be a multimillionaire if I could invent this washer and dryer that when you hire a salesperson from one of the other companies, you can put them in that washer and dryer and have them come out really clean and not bring any of the bad habits from a previous um, a, pre a previous competitor or what have you. Um, so I'm still working on that patent, but um, I, I just think that being able to bring somebody on and teach them your way and not have any of this baggage that comes with them um, is, is better for your organization. So would you go to other uh, home service companies or just not even, you know, uh, uh, look for somebody and, and, and try to train them from, from uh, ground zero? Yeah, I would try to train from ground zero. I would, I would definitely do that. I mean, I, th I think I would hire on personality, not on skill. I mean, you can, you can, you can't teach personality. Somebody could have the greatest skill sets, but if they have not the personality to deal with, you know, a, a, a millennial or a, um, you know, somebody that's 50, 60, 80 years old, I'd want, like I said, personality, personality. I, I would echo 100% agree with you on that one, Patrick. I, I know for us, when we hire salespeople, I don't do the hiring when I did, and even now, when I look at salespeople, I can instantly know a good salesperson because they can think on their feet. Like it's usually someone that when you're talking to them, they have a good read on the situation. They can think on their feet. They have a response ready to go. Like it, it's someone that's completely and totally engrossed in the conversation. Those are, I mean, I can just think of one of my best salesmen I ever had who asked to come off hourly, went to commission day two, <laughs> Because he saw he was going to lose money, but he was just a person that he could read people very, very well, knew the situation. And, you know, and when he got curveballs thrown at him, he just did not flinch. Right. And so anyway, personality, 100% agree with that. Um, all right. We are getting close to the time here. So let's 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 finish out with this last question. And I think this is a great one. And that is, is there anything you'd like to talk about in terms of offering sales training by design? that you will be doing in the near future? Well, I I am, I just did my, um, let me put it this way. In October, I will be in St. Louis for one week, uh, Arizona for two weeks, and then up in Massachusetts for the fourth week of October with clients. I am, I don't have anything scheduled, though I will say that if anyone's interested in talking to, to me, Sales Training by Design, uh, you could go to my website at www.salesbydesign.com. There's uh, a request for 
a request for a quote or a request for consultation on there. Tell me a little bit about your business and I'll, I'll give you a call. We can chat and talk. Uh, but at, at this moment, I don't have a commercial sales training program booked, which I do in my office. And if somebody's interested in that, they can certainly reach out. Um, I have those periodically in my office in New Jersey. I only have 12 people in the room so that everybody gets a chance to um, get involved in role play and what have you. I also have uh, customer service training in my office and also residential sales training in my office. So if you're interested in that, you can always send me an email or go to that form um, form stack and fill that uh, form in. And you know, we'll, I'll certainly get back to you and answer any questions you might have. So just from an experience uh, perspective, I've worked with Pat and I've been friends with him for a long time and we've had a lot of mutual clients and everybody just really loves what he does. And, um, you know, uh, um, it's it's it, it's really uh, fun to see a, a, a salesperson blossom. Um, you know, because of what they've taken away from um, some of the sales training that uh, Pat's given them. So uh, that's, uh, you know, that's a definite testimonial. Appreciate it. And, yeah. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. Yeah. I didn't even pay you. I know. <laughs> I'll send you a bill. I was going to say, <laughs> not on the books, right? Let, Dan will change let me the price. Let me give you the address. 777. Anyway. Well, good deal. Just, I was going to say, just a reminder that all the resources and topics that we talked about today are going to be available on the podcast website, pmpindustryinsider.com. Just take a look under show notes. You can look under the show notes for this show. Uh, Patrick, we'll link your website on, on that page as well. Um, but, you know, appreciate you coming on board. It, it's always fun to talk to you. I'm, I'm sure I'll see you around. And uh, we're all prepping yep. for Pest World. We've got our 100th episode coming up. We're going to get re released there, which would be fantastic. Uh, getting excited about that. Dan, any closing thoughts here before we finish out? I think that's it. I uh, think that we covered it all and um, looking forward to seeing you guys up in Boston. And uh, I will not be there. I'll be in Arizona. What? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, all right. We uh, can catch you next time. So, yeah. All right. Well, as Sounds always, good. if you enjoyed this show or any other show that we have, please rate and review us on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, however it is you consume the podcast. With that, we'll sign off. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Guys. Appreciate see it. See ya. Appreciate the opportunity. Bye -bye. Yep.